play the fight song. Hello, and welcome to the Play the Fight Song podcast. Welcome to October. This is officially the most crazy month every year in college football. This is where everybody gets into the meat of their schedules and conference. This is when all, everybody's got to start playing each other. People in the Big Ten East got to play each other. The West, no matter how bad it is. Everybody in the Pac-12 is going to have to start playing each other and everybody in the SEC West. This is going to be a great month. I am absolutely pumped for this month. I think it's going to be an absolute blast. It's also home to Schaefer's favorite holiday, as we've discussed many times, uh, Halloween. It's it's perfect. It's a great holiday. It starts at the end of the month, goes right into November. I think it's perfect. It's a ton of fun to go out to the bars, dress up as whoever you want, do this whole thing. And Schaefer, I just want to know why you love it so much. I gave my reasons. It's now your turn. I don't understand why people want to dress up in <laughs> costumes and scare people uh, for for a holiday. as is one of their favorite holidays. I guess people... As America, well, we, we are an obese we country. People, we, we, love, we love candy because we're an obese country, so that makes a little do you, more sense. But do, do you really think that many people at our age or older like Halloween for the candy? I feel like it's a very kid thing still because you can get that candy I, any time of year. I don't oh, think adults, I don't think it has anything to do with candy. Yeah, I, think some, with candy. I think some people have like a guilty pleasure to to buy a bag of candy and be like, oh, which Halloween? Sure. No, give it to kids. We'll, we'll yeah, no, it. Jennifer, yeah. you, you can't give it out to kids it. and also eat 28 peanut butter cups <laughs> before it's even Halloween because the bowl's sitting on your kitchen table. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the board of like, I'm not crazy about it for dressing up. I like the idea. It's always, there are always good parties going on. The bar's always got something cool going on. You can dress up as something cool. You can dress up as something boring. Nobody cares. Like you just go have a good time. It's a big excuse to go to the bars. What are we doing here? Do other stuff, you know? Exactly. It's a big excuse to dress up and go to a bar when you could do that any other weekend. I, what are we talking about? We all know why we like Halloween. We all know why we like Halloween as men. I mean, come on. Hey, this, great, what are we talking about? There's a great photo of us in 1318, that garage, of me, you, and JP. Oh, on Halloween that. night. That's a great photo. Like, if you don't yeah, appreciate that photo, you don't appreciate Halloween, dude. That's a great picture. I'm pretty sure I went to, like, Salvation Army or Goodwill and bought just the crappiest that fake was another, jean jacket nope. vest. I was say, that was and, and another costume. Yep, that was another costume <laughs> I pulled out of my closet five minutes before I went and out. You almost got in a fight that night, didn't you? Uh, yeah. One did of somebody one almost try to fight you? Well, you didn't, you didn't almost get in one. Somebody decided no, to try to mentor you. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't think it was that night. I think it was another night. I don't, th- that was a I different night. That. Almost fight night. That was almost, that di- was a different almost fight night. with <laughs> another few people. I hey, get it. I kind of have a punchable face, but. That'll happen. <laughs> Especially, uh, you dressed as Bryson Tiller and you weren't rapping very well, so they were pissed. That's all I I'm guess. <laughs> hey, into some recent news in college football world, uh, a lot of, Good games last week. I think a lot that we really were paying attention to, and some uh, more not great news for a lot of programs. Uh, there were a lot of injuries, of bigger injuries throughout the college football sphere and everywhere out there. So Tennessee wide receiver Brew McCoy looks to have a pretty significant injury for him in the Vols. He's currently the Vols' number two receiver uh, for Milton and them. And with an offense that's been predicated on running the ball a little more than this year than they had in years past to get that guy going the way he has the last couple games and then losing him really hurts that offense. Well, you see what happens there and how that affects Tennessee going forward and their quest to win the East. Riley Leonard goes down on basically the last play of the game in the Duke Notre Dame game in a game where basically he was just trying to get the overtime after Notre Dame kind of pulled away late on a late touchdown. 
and it didn't look great. Uh, I think I don't think it's a season ender. From what I understand, it'll be a couple weeks at least, about a month. Um, and that, that's just tough to see, especially that late in the game. And it kind of felt like a meaningless play, even though they were only one score down. That one was hard to see. And then Caden McNamara officially came out today that he has a torn ACL. He will be done for the year. And Iowa will move forward without their transfer quarterback. These these injuries, I feel like, are a little more significant for some programs more than others. I'm looking at the Riley Leonard one, obviously, with a Duke team that still doesn't have an ACC loss. Like, they lost to Notre Dame. That's not an ACC loss. And then a Brew McCoy, where he is a known playmaker of Tennessee, and they are getting into a meet of their schedule where they got to start winning games within the conference to really solidify themselves as the number two team in the East or a chance to even challenge Georgia later in the year. And then McNamara, obviously, it kind of is what it is, I think, at this point with that offense. It can't get any worse than it already has. So we move forward. I think one that we really want to highlight for this week, it might lead into some stuff later in the episode, is uh, Brendan Armstrong. No more the starting quarterback at NC State. They will go to MJ Morris. Morris, who is there and has been there, um, played a little bit last year in the absence of Devin Leary and his injuries. But Brennan Armstrong, the one-hit wonder nowadays, I'm kind of kind of looking back. Maybe 2021 was a fluke. Yeah, if you watched if you watched Friday's game, that doesn't come to a surprise uh, to hear that news. I, I mean, saw some of the worst quarterback play I've seen in a long time 10. between what those two game. games on Friday. I mean, he's just he. I've, I mean, I've watched Brennan Armstrong for a couple of years now, but it really seemed like on Friday, especially, he's just trying to overdo everything like the Jaden Delora on drugs was basically kind of what he was trying to do he was just trying to make every single play possible and it just turned out to be some of the worst decision making you could you could have seen and it and it ended up costing them the game because all they needed was another score he he threw that costly pick to go up seven it would have been up 17 to nothing but threw it in the end zone and Louisville held them to 10 and that's all they had for the rest of the game, so I'm I'm not surprised at all to hear that news. Yeah, and Morris has been good in the games he's played. Again, he's not a leery or anything. He's not going to take the game over and go win you games, but it, I think the hopes are there that the offense quits sputtering the way it is and just try to get back to average. They've run the ball decent. Uh, probably brings a little bit more of a threat with, on the ground, but I don't know how much better they're going to get. Maybe it, it'll take a couple weeks, but this seems to be a system that Morris is comfortable in. Uh, but I, yeah, going back to how bad some of that quarterback play was on Friday night, uh, that Utah game, woof. They tried to oh take him goodness. out. Barnes goes down like five plays later. He's back oh. in. Oh. He couldn't escape it. Not, I mean, bad. Consistently like seven, eight yard outs, missed five yards short. <laughs> just like, and not even to like the wide side of the field. It was to the boundary. And just, it is bad. They never had a chance of that game. I loved the under from the start. I loved it even more after watching the couple Yeah. Passes. Shout out, uh, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's interesting when you look at Utah and they're still, I mean, only one loss in the Pac-12 and you need rising as soon as possible because I think a second loss really takes you out of the chance to play for a conference title for them and defend their two-time champion status. Let's go to some recaps of week five. Ole Miss LSU, I think, is the headliner here with just how crazy that game got. What were you guys' thoughts on this game? How did you see it? Like, it was insanity. We kind of had it on at the bar we were at in between the Iowa State and Iowa game, and it was kind of going back and forth. And it felt like every time I looked up, something happened. The score changed. I couldn't keep up. 
Yeah, JB, you talked about it at the beginning of the year, but that secondary didn't look that you were. That was their question mark going into the year, and I think it's just yep. that entire defense. Like they go fifty-five points to Ole Miss. I mean, yeah, they're a good football team, but I mean, I was high on them. I had them in my college football uh, prediction at so the end of the I, year, and they are nothing like that. I you mean, you can officially uh, cross LSU off in my graphic and say, "No, sir, yep. that was wrong." That's okay. <laughs> I got two of mine. I got two of mine gone, probably. So it's all right. But I think like the kind of the. Bigger question is, too, I mean, I know this is only a second year there, but, I mean, you've been there and you had the year you had last year and Brian Kelly is supposed to bring in these guys to fix that defense, and he just didn't. So, I mean, not saying he's on the hot seat or anything like that, but if next year kind of goes on like this and this defense doesn't have any improvements, I think it's like a it can be a, a time for people to start questioning Brian Kelly and LSU if it's the right fit, I know. I, I think I expected those DBs that they brought in to be a little bit better and it to mesh a little better. It did not. And I think we found out fast. And so I just guessed wrong. I, I predicted wrong on what I thought they'd look like defensively, and I'll eat that. But um, are you more surprised, Parks and Schaefer, with Ole Miss's offense coming alive finally? Or is it just like that's just how bad LSU's defense is? I think it could be a little bit of both. That was finally what I expected out of Ole Miss. I mean, good God, how many weeks did it finally take you to get Quinshawn Junkins going? So that was nice to see. Uh, but man, I, I don't, it's really disappointing. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that uh, Jaden Daniels was going to be twice the player that he probably was last year, you'd thought, yeah, Mike playoff prediction. That's, that's right. Hell yeah. They're going to the playoff, but the defense has just been that bad. I mean, I know they pulled guys from the, from the transfer portal at secondary like I think it was Chestnut from Syracuse and another kid from Southeast Louisiana and it just hasn't hasn't worked out but they can't tackle either like none of them can no. tackle they can't figure out how to Harold Perkins was the best defensive player in the SEC last year and they can't figure him out either so they have so many issues in so many different spots this is not like I don't I don't know if it's a top 25 team right now it's probably a yeah, maybe maybe at 25, just because I still think there's so much talent all over the place for them. But, man, that was also bad. But at the same time, for me, I, that's also what I expect out of Lane Kiffin's offense this year. I think they yep. have that many guys on that side of the ball. Well, you got Quinton yeah, Jackets think- finally running the football, so Parks, to you. Yeah, come on, man. Let me in this. I've been dead <laughs> silent over here. Uh, <laughs> no, I think- supper. <laughs> I, I kind of I did eat that stuff for chicken bacon ranch sliders money. That's for you, Reese. Ooh, um, yeah, ooh. see, <laughs> come on. Uh, but taking a look at LSU, I kind of briefly tweeted about it in response to another account where Brian Kelly's going to run into this issue, man. Where if he takes the one or two years to find the defensive parts that he needs to be successful in the SEC West, he's going to lose lose out on Jaden Daniels. Then you have to replace them. So he has a rising issue where if he doesn't do it now or you don't see any sort of development through this defense throughout the year, I cannot see any success coming from LSU. I mean, they couldn't get stop a runny nose that day. Uh, Jackson Dart was splendid. Ole Miss, there's a lot of positive things for them on the offensive side of the ball, as we say every year. But then again, they couldn't stop anybody, but that's a credit to LSU. So it's just a messy game. It was a classic SEC random game for that to happen. It's kind of like Arkansas and Ole Miss last year, um, but a lot of defensive worries, obviously, for Brian Kelly, and then he's going to have to replace bigger parts when finally he gets those defensive pieces to back. I want to pat myself on the back 
a little bit too, oh, okay. just because. Go ahead, I, go ahead, man. No, go ahead. I, well, everybody in the off season was like, oh, I don't know, you know, Spencer Sanders could be the guy. I, it was always Jackson Dart's position to keep. He's played like a top. I mean, outside of Jaden Daniels, he's probably been the second best quarterback in the SEC. I just wanted to just wanted to let everybody know that he, Jacob he's right. always been yeah, he's Jacob always been the guy. Was right. <laughs> Thank you, Reese. Let's, let's go to you guys know that I was right. <laughs> Let's go to Texas KU. Uh, my pretty much short recap on this one is that Texas dominated front to back outside of one big pass play out of Kansas. And it felt close, but can or words. Texas had kicking troubles, missed a couple, really kept that game close. It never felt close. Texas was in control of the whole entire thing. That was kind of just an ass kicking, honestly. If you go back and watch the highlights and how it, it was kind of an ass kicking, I don't know if you guys have different thoughts or saw something a little bit different. Front to back, man. That was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Going to be honest. Now I thought yeah. J- Jalen Daniels was going to be on the field. I did not mm-hmm. expect that, and I didn't see that anywhere. But anyone who thought Jalen Daniels was going to make up the difference was very wrong. Because, like I said last week, I think that they would have tried to run the ball, and then they realized that wasn't going to work. And Jalen Daniels would have tried to do things that he's not really that capable of doing. So. 661 total yards on offense. They doubled Kansas. Kansas didn't complete a third down. I mean, mm. it was just an ass kicking from start just, to finish. And this was Texas could not put a game away by finishing drives and making kicks. It was it was well, they couldn't finish the drive and then they couldn't make the kick and it just kind of kept everything closer than it seemed. It kind of did, but this was also a game where like this is why Texas is different this year because I think Texas of old kind of sleepwalks through that that noon yep. game, that 2:30 slot. They got Oklahoma next week. Those missed opportunities end up being like a seven-point game. But no, they physically dominated them from start to finish, and it it was never within single digits. So, thirteen-seven at halftime. Thank you very much. My dog's always looking. Second. My dog's always looking good. Just, and all of a sudden, in the second half, the second it did half. feel. <laughs> it did feel thirteen-seven. Mark, yeah. do you have any thoughts on Kansas, Texas? Before we go to Notre Dame, Duke. Yeah, I won't touch too much on Kansas because a uh, little sneak preview. I think they bounce back, but Texas is dominant, man. We've kind of we've we've said since the beginning, and Schaefer's really been on top of it. How they have the pieces this year, and they're honestly probably mm-hmm. the most talented they've been in a long time. So rolling into a big week, it's a good win, good win at home. But obviously, everybody's kind of you turn your focus to this week, and it is what it is. Texas beating Kansas was never a headline. So yep, let's. Let's move on from. I think that's a good way to put it. It was never, it was never a headline. That's that's what was expected, and you got a team to do exactly what was expected of them. To Notre Dame and Duke, where another maybe not as pretty, but a team did what they were supposed to. Notre Dame beats Duke on a late touchdown, and I think my biggest takeaway on this. uh, Tell me again if you guys are different. Duke is way better than the general public gives them good like credit for. Like that team is good offensively. They're good defensively. They ran into a horse in Notre Dame who can play really good defense and really good offense just like anybody else. I I think that was my biggest takeaway. Um, but I think this is the first time you've seen Notre Dame really win a game because of Sam Hartman. It kind of felt like they didn't have Sam Hartman. You were kind of looking at a game like this is a game Notre Dame loses, right? Um, those were my two biggest takeaways. Uh, but how? I mean, how many dogfights Notre Dame going to get into this year? Like, how many can they win, too, you know? It's not going to get easier for them, that's for sure. It's only going to get tougher as 100%. the season goes on. No, that's all I had. I think Sam, Sam Hartman's the difference for Notre Dame this year. That's the difference between Notre Dame of past uh, five, ten years and, and Notre Dame now is nobody else makes that fourth and 16 play. 
plain 100%. and simple. At, at this point in college football this year, nobody else does for Notre Dame, and and that could be the difference. They might win these close games and get themselves into that playoff spot. Hey, Reese, uh, did you have Duke as your dog's dog, or is that Parks? No, I, I had Kansas, did here. dude. I had Kansas. Somebody had well, Duke here. It was me, uh, oh. and I told you guys that was the worst. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough, tough, tough. You were on the right tough. side. You were on the I right was. side. The two point I, conversion. It came down to the two point yeah. conversion, man. That's I, I think did. you were that's on touchdown the right side. Jesus right there, man. There was a lot of people in that bar that had Notre Dame minus the points. I will say that. <laughs> Tell off. And good. I want to be on the opposite side of the public. It usually yeah. works, but not this week. It was it was terrible. I can't. And then not, not only that, but it wasn't even a challenge on that two point conversion. It was with ease. Yeah. Walk, so man. that's the toughest part. <laughs> Anything else on this game before we go to our last quick recap from the last week? No, we touched on this one a little bit earlier. Oregon State bounces back, gets a win versus Utah. What is your biggest takeaway from this one? That was last Friday night. Feels like it was a long time ago, not even a week ago yet. Yeah, that freshmen are going to be freshmen because Nate Johnson struggled. That I mean, both quarterbacks at Utah struggled. They it takes my biggest takeaway from it is Oregon State's defense is legit, man. And we kind of knew that, but they really solidified it. And how big is Cam Rising for this Utah team? I mean, if he doesn't come back, this team's in trouble. They couldn't move the ball in any way, shape, or form. But when you can't complete five-yard passes like we mentioned earlier, it's pretty much impossible. One other oh, yeah. piece is I got to mention Silas Bolden. That kid's going to be a problem in the Pac-12. He had a huge game for Oregon State. DJU looked pretty good, but Silas Bolden took the show. He had six receptions for 100 yards and a score and probably the nastiest cutback of the week. So good win for Oregon State. They'll keep building. But uh, they, honestly, they need more consistent play out of DJU. I, yeah, I think they need him just to not turn it over. Like, he can be zero yeah. touchdowns, zero interceptions, one touchdown. Yeah, like, the picks he has thrown haven't been great, but I think he's been consistent. It's just very inopportune time interceptions or just, you know, just small stuff I think he needs to work out a little bit. Schaefer, anything on this one? I think it was I think it was the cover three pod who who first said it, and I just can't get it out of my head since they said it. Like, Utah is Iowa. I mean, in every facet of football right now, I their offense is as bad as it gets. Um, and if they're not playing at home, and I'm not usually like a home field advantage kind of guy, but if they're not playing at home, they are not a good football team, um, at least right now. And I, I would be very interested to see how much Cam Rising can make up the difference when he finally does come back. But I mean, he's going to be coming back. We're almost halfway through the year now. And he's got some catching up to do. So I just, I don't, I still, I still stand by Utah. I thought they were going to lose three or four games this year. And at the beginning when they won those first few games, I was like, ah, shit, I doubted them. It's going to be wrong again, but I'm still feeling fairly confident. This team can lose four games by the end of the year. There are a lot of good teams in Pac-12. I think that is your biggest problem. Reese, anything to touch on from last week that we didn't get to that maybe you wanted to mention prior to us moving on? to our next segment. No, I just think, I mean, we obviously mentioned the Riley Leonard being done for the next month. I think that's yep. obviously huge for them, but Duke, that's their first loss. And obviously they have, they still have, um, Clem or not Clemson. Um, they have, I believe it's NC state this week. And then they have Louisville like the week after those are games where you think they should be able to still win them. And I think they still have a shot at winning the ACC. It's just, they got to get Riley Leonard back. Cause he's got to be around for that. Um, that Florida State game, if they really want to have a shot, I think they win that thing at the end. So, one hundred percent. 
Well, after uh, week five, or during week five, we decided to put out a little graphic, do a little ATS, five games that we just throw on there, some of the bigger games of the weekend. And Schaefer currently leads that 4 1 on the card, Schaefer. Me 4 and 1, and Parks, I should have never doubted. Should have never doubted yeah, you uh, either. That, if we're man, being honest, you had two point uh, inversion away from me. I was going to be that. So watch your mouth. You know, you know what we should have done is just thank Reese. Go ahead and thank Reese. Taking Utah. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Everybody say That's thank it. you, Reese, because he is the last place two and three. We'll keep the we'll keep nobody, the record nobody, going. Nobody, the nobody's thing. liked my meme yet. My meme was hilarious. Go look at it on Twitter. It's like little kids all getting oh, it's some little kids all it's like the one kid getting beat up and the three little kids taking pictures in the background and it's you three cheering on while Utah just beats on Oregon or Oregon State beats on Utah. You're welcome. Oh. Hey, we'll keep Set a running total on that. But uh Schaefer currently in the lead with a four and one record. Me and Parks with three and two and Reese two and three so somebody's got to have a losing record you're a winner long or you're a loser season, each baby. week so long season we did miss the first four weeks we we're just like hey let's give it a rip here in week five so we'll do this in week six as well one quick thing i want to get to here coaches and their jobs i kind of want to see gauge the audience here on some jobs and uh some coaches around the college football world are they secure or nervous how would you be feeling if you were them right so i'm just going to say a name you guys just give me one word if, if you were them, would you feel secure and nervous, right? Andy Avalos at Boise State. Secure. Yeah, I, I would feel secure as well. I'd agree. Reese? Man, I, I, I think it's time to, to maybe get a little head. nervous. Well, here, like, you, I mean, they, they haven't really they won the Mount West last year. But they, yeah, they just don't look that, like themselves. That holds a lot of weight. That holds a lot of weight. They also just went through the toughest non-conference arguably in G5 in the country. Um, his buyout's $2 million, which to Nebraska would be nothing. But this is Boise State we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is – can they really afford $2 million? It, they got a uh, – sorry, Parks, I didn't mean to, but you guys are Come pretty, on, you guys are pretty <laughs> good at spending <laughs> your dollars on buyouts. Let's be honest. If I had to stay in one school <laughs> – The only college athletic department that does not have debt, University of Nebraska. <laughs> we ain't worried about money, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I that was a tough loss last week, um, being up seventeen to nothing. But the Mountain West is still ahead of them, and I just don't think they're going to pay his buyout right now. It's the it's Mountain West. <laughs> it's not. How about a little yeah. little little tougher one? Is maybe it isn't isn't tougher? Neil Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, no way. This is the yeah, secure no, as can secure. At, they're at they're the four and one. Of the year we said at the guys, beginning of the year guys, we said. We gotta no. remember how close he was supposed to be the last couple years to be fired they're four oh, yeah, one. they beat tcu they won the backyard brawl two secure. more games he's bowl eligible oh, yeah that's 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 what i said i said he's secure i mean the schedule's set up for them i to would make say secure too but it's just crazy how fast that changed right they win yep. four games out of the first five and you're looking at it and you're like that's what happens oh, when you win football, football games jordan people are freaking crazy they just change Dude, their mind like that we already used After the bus let's use them again they'd be secure <laughs> He'd be secure. Okay. Somebody's going four and one at this point. They'd be. <laughs> they might get a raise. <laughs> Billy Napier contract extension. <laughs> He's going to get an extension next week. Hopefully, they don't get on phone calls because I know one other program that did that. <laughs> yeah. How about Billy Napier at Florida? It's I think he's still fine. I think he's still fine. Yeah, too early to tell. I think he's so early. You can't say that though because we've seen coaches fired after less. Like two years has been people yeah, have been he fired. Goes, in this. He goes and he goes and beats Tennessee on the road. Great win. Gets beat at Kentucky. Gets, gets Kentucky on the road. But on the road again, 
Like it's it's still he. It's also it's a problem. Early. It's he, early he can't. Like he can't. It's early. It is early, but I also agree that kind of a JP that they've been very bad in their two road games they, this year. They kind of wanted it. They were pissed about it last year after last year's performance, whether it was fair and, or not. And I agree that he should feel secure, but he can recruit. That way. So you got to give it some time. You got to give him four. Four. I was gonna say three. Um. But two is crazy. I know people in the SEC are crazy. I know that this is what fans expect to go 12-0 and every year in that conference. But, damn, it is too early. And I'm sure his buyout is just insane. And look at what he's doing with Graham Mertz, a guy who has okay, not been very successful here? at Wisconsin. And he's now doing well there. Yeah, Don Graham Mertz has like, been you fine. You do that. Next one here. Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Nervous. I, I would be nervous. I'd nervous. be nervous too. I'd be nervous, nervous as well. His <laughs> buyout. Also, saying he's a quick bad question. Coach. Guys got a rack. Quick question: Is there a delay, JP? Like, are you hearing things after? Dude, no, I think he's just, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, because there's a monumental pause in between. All <laughs> I this thought stuff. he was just waiting for everybody to speak first. I don't hear a pause though. Like, I hear you guys end, and then this I go is right away. Just a delay for him, I guess. Yeah. Okay, that's why the audio got spliced last week too. I think your 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 Wi-Fi sucks. Cowboys tuning the cords. <laughs> I mean, these kids way Cowboy. down. Look at Cowboy. Well, well, JP's back Open in time. I don't know. I, I would, I would say, if I'm Sam Pittman, I would be nervous. Um, his buyout drops apparently if he's fired with a losing record. Uh so if I, you're, if you're a fan, you just got to kind of root for them to lose at this point. So by the end of the year, when it's a losing record, you can just really cut him and. And have no price to pay for it. They're just not. They're they're regressing, and they've kind of had. They've had the same quarterback for three years and a good running back, but the defense continues to regress, and they can't really find SEC type talent in the portal. So, I I yeah, I like Sam Pittman, but it's not great. Okay, I hear you guys fine. I can see your lips moving. I felt like I'm fine here. But I don't know what's going on. All I did was open the door, and it looks a little better. He's in shambles. I am no, angry. It was, now, you still are super delayed on that. I mean, it's a full moment of silence in between the end and the start. <laughs> do, you want me to, do you want me to take I'm the transitions the audio. You want me to take the transitions from here, right here, JP? You want me to do it for you? A, a Dana Holgerson <laughs> at Houston. <laughs> Didn't answer my question. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to do, do you want me to transition? No, because I have a surprise one right here. I have some cool stats. All right, All right go ahead. Okay. Dana, okay, Dana Holgerson right. secure. God. Dana Dana Holgerson's secure for now. I think they give him a couple of years in the Big Twelve to kind of figure his stuff out, and I, no. I think he's fine. I I I would be nervous as hell. I think they need a clean slate before the Big Twelve before it gets easier for them. I they're a bad football team and. I think he's just a bad – I don't know what the word is. I think he's a bad culture guy. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but the mentality of the team. I mean, you look at last year, that was a 10-win capable team talent-wise in the American. And, I mean, they all hated each other by the end of the year. It, I just don't think he's he, – and this is kind of what got him out of West Virginia. He's just – he. I don't know. He's kind of a nutcase. Okay, last one here. Matt Campbell. Is there supposed to be like a <laughs> like what the fucking Matt Campbell? Uh, secure. Uh-huh. 
fine <laughs> to care. Hot seat. I don't know. Hot seat. Keep yelling it at him. He might be on the hot seat. If he hits hot somebody. Seat. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Shave. Get, get back at him. Shave. Get back at him. Say the say the guy's name. Say the guy's name. Say it back to him. Oh God, Brian Barrett. Joking goes fire him. Not even nervous. Get rid of him. Be nervous as shit. Here is one of those beautiful moments where I get to flip the script on JP because three years ago he goes, God, I hope they, they keep rolling with Scott Frost. I hope they keep rolling with Brian Ferentz. I'm okay with that. <laughs> keep him there. Everybody does. Everybody does. We're the only one giving this fucking sport any content. <laughs> God, we're paying 15 different articles and people to write about us every week. They'd have nothing to write about. Hey, Tough. quickly, I mean, instead of – instead of going completely through the month of October and kind of what it means to college football, I just have some quick stats on the month of October, what has happened in this month. Last year, during the month of October, top 25 teams suffered 23 losses. On 23 different occasions, a top 25 team lost. And a top 10 team lost five times in 10 attempts in ranked versus ranked scenarios. So there is plenty of space for this to get crazy and top 10 teams to fall 15, 25, the playoff picture can shake up like crazy because we're going to get into the conference slate. Let's jump in finally to our week six previews. We're going to start off with, I believe, Reese and Schaefer. You have this one. Feel free to go ahead and run with this one. We have the Wed Wivel Wivelwee. And I, I just say, want for a couple token, token fans out there, they listen to a lot. Let's just give them a big boomer. No. You can say it. say it in the car. You're They're not saying it with me. Yeah. Ty hit that. Ty hit that hard. Yeah, I think he. I just I think I just heard him yell it upstairs. So couldn't hey, catch me that saying that. Flipping it to you guys. Go ahead. Well, first of all, can we say it three times without stuttering? Red River rivalry. Red River rivalry. <laughs> red red rivalry, rivalry. Red River rivalry. Oh, red River rivalry. All right, ready to roll into Woodwood, it. Wivalry. I. This is. This is definitely. The best game of the week. I mean, it's probably top five most talked about games going into the season. I think we could probably all agree with that. I, with Florida State, LSU, um, Alabama, LSU, this is definitely in that conversation. Both offenses are coming off probably their best performance of the year. I think Oklahoma especially, but um, Texas pretty much controlled the entire game. They had it through the through their yards if they didn't turn the ball over and I think it would have been an absolute slacking. My biggest question is on a couple of different sides is just how efficient can Dylan Gabriel be? I think he's definitely an X factor. Didn't play last year's game. Now would that have been the difference? Probably not because it's 49 to nothing. So I don't think he covers 49 points, but can he keep you in the game? Can he keep you on the field? I mean, can he keep the ball out of Texas's hands is, is the big question for me. Another thing I'm kind of looking at the Oklahoma defense is they were really aggressive last week against Iowa State, which kind of led to two 50-yard touchdown passes. One, a couple of slants that just got kind of lost in the mix and taken for 67, 60 yards. So I would imagine Oklahoma would try to kind of stay closer to the back end on that this week just because Xavier Worthy, um, A.D. Mitchell, like, you got so many weapons that can just light this defense up. They're going to have to play less conservative, but uh, maybe not. Maybe Venables wants to get after them um, and be aggressive and kind of shift the tide this year. Uh, and then the last thing for me really is, it's just like, who's going to be the playmakers in this matchup? Like there are playmakers on both sides of the ball. There's 
uber talented offensive players on on both sides. There's Anthony, there's Marcus Major, there's Drake Stoops, Farouk. I mean, Oklahoma's got some uh, got themselves some nice receivers, and we already know about Texas' receiving core. So, whose playmakers are going to make it when it really matters? All eyes are going to be on this game. So we we are going to wait and see. We yeah, I like all that oh. Yep. So my thing that I saw is so Texas defense they forced eight turnovers this year, and Dylan Gabriel, I mean. Quietly having like a Heisman-like season. I got him out for a 75% completion percentage, 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also rushed for four touchdowns as well. So he's a guy who doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Granted, this offense hasn't been tested by a really stellar defense. I mean, Iowa State's the best one they've seen so far, and they still put up 50. But again, it's an Iowa State team where they weren't going to score many points. They could be aggressive um, offensively. But it's how can Gabriel and company not turn over the ball um, and then how can Texas defense, who has actually been tested against some high, some better offenses this year, what can they do to prepare and make him uncomfortable in forcing situations where he's not going to be able to, to get settled and maybe go to a second, his third reads, and have guys in different coverages and maybe get forced to make some turnovers and things of that nature. I, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I, I like where that spread is at. Um, but, yeah. A couple things for this one. I have – this is the lowest total – in this game since 2018 at 60 flat uh, or 60 and a half, 60 flat and 18 was the lowest total in the last several years. For me, it is, you know, where's Oklahoma struggled against on uh, teams on offense. It's been against a little bit better teams, a little challenger with SMU. Um, Iowa state, not as much last week, which was surprising in a lot of facets. Cause you look at Iowa state's uh, secondary strength, but Texas is going to be the best they've seen. They constantly get to the quarterback. They're causing pressure at all times. I think that's the big worry for OU. Let's go to picks here. Reese, we'll start with you. What do you have in this one? I, if it's giving away something later, feel free to hold it. But no, what do you think? No, it's not. Give me, give me Texas to win, but I think Oklahoma will keep it close. Texas Schaefer, to win. You also Texas broke down this game. Yep. Okay. Park? <laughs> go ahead and give yours without the voiceover, Schaefer. Schaefer, go ahead. Texas to win, Texas to cover. Okay, that's pretty good. I'm going to take, I think Texas wins the game. I think it's pretty close. I think I think it gets within three. I just think there's weird scenarios. I think Oklahoma's defense has impressed me throughout the year. It's just how they stand up against the most talented the offense they've played by far. You've seen their offense struggle, Oklahoma that is, against teams like Cincinnati, but they also had a couple of calls that game, and anything can happen in a rivalry game, but I think Texas edges them here. I'll take Texas to win. I'll take Texas to cover as well. I'm getting the better defense. I'm getting the better run game. And I think I'm getting the better quarterback that's been a lot better and not turning the football over this year. So a lot, that's a lot of Texas there. So that can only mean one thing, fellas. We'll check that one on the graphic later. To Maryland, Ohio State. You're Ohio welcome. State, a 19.5-point favorite. An over-under of 55.5. Parks, this one is – or Schaefer, this is all you, actually. What are you thinking about this yeah, game? Yeah, big time guy. What are you thinking? Yeah, the the Big Ten expert myself. I, I figured I could take this game for everybody. <laughs> I the, just a couple of things. It really, it, it, it's all about Maryland in this game. I mean, we've we've everybody has watched Ohio State this year. Everybody knows what they're going to see. What Ohio State takes the uh, takes the field. But have you really watched Maryland? Has anybody really watched Maryland? Probably not. And I wouldn't blame you because they're four and zero, and they. Let's be honest, they haven't played anybody, and that's maybe an understatement. So a couple of things. 
Uh, if Maryland's going to want to keep this thing close or even just covering, uh, there's a couple of things that's going to need to happen. Tuilea is going to play absolutely perfect. He's going to have to play perfect, and I mean no turnovers. He's going to have to be efficient. He's going to have to complete 60% of his passes. He's going to have to stay on the field. He's already got 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns this year. My very hot take of him winning uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, that's kind of like this is your coming out party if if that's actually going mm-hmm. to come true. You're going to have to keep those numbers up against a legitimate Jim Knowles defense. Like this Ohio State defense is legit. He hasn't seen anything like it this week. They had the bye week too, which is concerning because you know that they were they were looking at every tendency that that kids had and. You, you've seen what like a Phil Parker defense has done to him. I know that was a few years ago, but kind of makes me nervous that they can get back to his old tendencies with a week off, a stout defense, and, and with some scouting. The other side of the ball, how good is Maryland's defense? I mean, they've been very solid this year. Outside of Charlotte, when they gave up a touchdown with a minute to go, they've given up only 14 points in, or less in every single game this year. They've given up over 200 passing yards only once this year. So, you got to play who you got to play. I mean, I can't discredit them for that, but what they've done so far is has been really good. Uh, Ruben Hippolyte, the second, has been fast. He's their best linebacker. He's going to have to be all over the field covering running backs, receivers, you name it, because there's too many to cover. Um, in the back end, uh, the safeties is probably the best part of this Maryland defense, and they're really going to have to be sharp in their game if they're going to want to try to contain this uh, Ohio State receiving core so a lot's gonna have to happen they had they have their they're up for it this week but I think they have the pieces to possibly get a cover and maybe make it a game in the first half or something I don't know yeah I think this has yeah, I take a, a look at Maryland I just scary. got god damn it what he stopped talking I started <laughs> talking episode. right away. I started talking soon. Oh, man. Really. He started talking and then he was five words in and then you started talking. All right. Somebody else like transition us then. <laughs> I got okay. you. I can do it. All right. Go Schaefer. Ahead. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that I think this is kind of the general spot that people are used to with this Maryland team or at least big 10 fans are. Maryland usually starts at 3-0, and 3-1, and 4-0, and 4-1 range. And then they run into conference play and they get obliterated, end up 6-6, six and 7-5 six, at best. So if they want to get through this point, you really open up some discussions on whether or not uh, Maryland can be a contender ever in this conference because yeah. this is the best they've been in a while. So it, it's a very important game. This is – yeah, this is like the game that we all know. Like this is why we never take Maryland seriously, This and it's it's games like this. So, JP, please give us your thoughts on this. We, we do want to hear what you have to think on this game. I mean, I just – I kind of <laughs> thought it was simple as like – you got to stop laughing. I'm doing my best here. Yeah, Dude, Parks, I, I mean, Parks, uh, Parks, enough. Shoo, shoo. I mean, come on. <laughs> what do you want me to do? It sounds normal on my side. Um, for me on this right. one, it was it's simply, can you protect Tuilia? Can you keep him upright? If he's going to make plays, he's going to have to be able to move around in the pocket and stay upright. Um, Ohio State is good defensively. I don't know if Maryland can buck up with them, though, in the trenches and really stop a run and really force things to get out of hand. Um, so I, I kind of see it as it's going to be more of a maybe Ohio State slows it down. They don't want to get into an air raid match with them, especially if McCord hasn't quite hit that stride yet. So I kind of see it as just more of a grind it out. I like the under a little bit. I don't think they're going to give Tulia the possessions. 
No, I, I, I can definitely see that. I, Reese, before we get to our predictions, do you have any thoughts on this game? Ohio State defense is going to be way too good. Maryland hasn't seen anybody. <laughs> Ohio State in a route. That was very enthusiastic. Reese is pretty certain on this. I'll go first since I covered it. I'm going to I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think Ohio State wins, but Maryland covers. I think 19 and a half, maybe you see 20 and a half by kickoff. I think it could get pretty high. And I think this Maryland team is different this year. Now, are they good enough to win in the shoe? Probably not. But I think there is a little bit of an edge to them. Parks, who do you got? Yeah, I think Ohio State kind of starts slow the way they've done throughout the year. I don't know if I've seen enough comfortability from McCord in that offense yet to know if they're going to be just murdering them by halftime, but I do think they exactly. pull away and they're going to cover the 19 and a half. I'm on the opposite side, Jake. I think Ohio State wins big and covers, but it'll be close for a half. That's fair. I mean, you get a spread this large. I would highly doubt we're all going to agree on one. Reese, what do you got? Ohio State to win and to cover. Don't worry. I'm not going Ooh. crazy. Jordan, you going to leave me stranded here? Or what do we got? No, I have I have what, like a 28-17, 28-14 game, so that would throw you in the cover realm. Um, Let's go, baby. I, I just don't think you get the possessions, and I think if Ohio State can control the football and run it, I think it's just going to be a longer day and tough to put the ball in the end zone for the Terps. I would – yeah, I don't know. This, this conference is kind of – it's been – Boring in some facets this year. I would love to see this, especially this East Division, get off to a good start and just give it a game that to watch. But let's move to the West Coast. Wazoo at UCLA. Obviously, we're a Cam Ward podcast. I think he's finally mm-hmm. starting to get the attention he deserves. This is a team that's got a great opportunity this week to, I believe, go 5-0. and Am I mistaken? 6-0? and Five and zero, five and zero. So this this game could really put them on the map. And JP, you got us here. I'm interested to see who you're siding with because I really don't know what to expect in this game. Yeah, and you're both coming off a bye, right? So that kind of eradicates any um, advantage you might have for preparing for this game. I think this is interesting though because you're coming a wounded animal mode, like to take a phrase or just a just limping to the finish line. It kind of feels like for UCLA with after going to Salt Lake city and getting beat the way they did. Uh, whereas if you're Wazoo, you're coming off one of your biggest wins in program history and how hype it felt. Right. And now you got to go on the road on a team that we know is good, but the last time you saw them, you're like, wow, UCLA is not a very good football team. Um, UCLA has yet to see a good offense. I think that's the biggest thing that we need to talk about, right? Like they only gave up seven to Utah, but we've seen what Utah's done literally against anybody else. Well, Coastal's the best offense they've seen, and Coastal's offense isn't anything special this year. I don't know if you've watched Grayson McCall and the Shants, but they haven't quite let it on fire like they had in years past. Um, outside of that Utah game, UCLA has been a good offense, though. Like they themselves and Dante Moore have been good. He has been able to control the football and keep it uh, out of defenders' hands. The running, the running attack has been what's been good for them, and it's a Chip Kelly mm-hmm. offense, and that's exactly what they do. Well, Wazoo isn't going to set the world on fire with how good they are, right, defensively. But you know, everybody knows they're solid. But their problems with Oregon State came when Uyungle was able to find guys downfield that were just missing uh, defenders, basically, and then they were missing tackles. That's where the game got hairy late. It wasn't that uh, Damian Martinez went crazy the whole game. Like they were able to defend that attack. And so my whole thing with this game is you're getting a much better in season quarterback in Cam Ward on the road. 
He's going to have more weapons on the outside. Can they run the football? Because UCLA has shown the ability to stop it. Now, numbers are skewed. Like I was saying, they haven't seen great offenses the entire year. Um, But I think if you're going to look where you want to attack UCLA, it's through the air, right? So Cam Ward has the ability to do so. For me on this one, man, this is a public darling right now. Everybody loves Wazoo. I think that number came from four and a half down to four, maybe a three and a half in some spots now. It's only Tuesday. This is telling you and begging you to take Wazoo. Um, man, Wazoo I, or UCLA? I, I it, it's begging you to take Wazoo at three and a half, four. They're okay. begging you to take them. Yeah. I think I think if you want to fade the public and just go the other way, it is. It's the Bruins. This game, this game gives me very, very similar vibes to their matchup with Oregon State uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think Oregon State and UCLA are both similar and they have good run games. Now, I think Martinez is better than Steele, but I think consistently from top to bottom, I think UCLA could present a better matchup on the ground for this team. I think that it's going to be another team that's going to try to slow Wazoo down. I guess my question is and would be, is Dante Moore kind of the X factor? Like you talked about JP, some of his inconsistencies, DJ's inconsistencies and in throwing the ball. And that's kind of what ended up losing them this game. Can, is that, is that the difference? Is Dante Moore making plays down the stretch? Is that what's going to finally beat Wazoo? Uh, it has to be. Cause you like, again, they're not playing a Utah defense. Like this defense isn't as potent as that. And you're not going on the road. Right. But he just, just don't turn it over. Like run the offense, stay in the system, stay within yourself. Don't force a darn thing. Just play not your okay. This place, let's not act like this is just a massive home field advantage either. Like I'm right. not oblivious to what nope. UCLA brings to home fans, but this is you're still on the road. You're still traveling if you're Wazoo. You're still playing at home if you're UCLA, right? And they have won big games in this situation, and it it 100 comes down to that. Um, now Cam Moore might lit it light it up, and then it's like well. Are you really pressing more than you need to at the quarterback position if you're Dante Moore? So I just keep it close. That way the kid doesn't feel like he needs to do anything special. And if you're Chip Kelly, I think that's what you're telling him all week. I agree. I, personally, I would love to see him kind of be a little more aggressive and see what, what the hype is all about. But definitely, Reese or Parks, do you guys have any thoughts on on this under-the-radar game in the West Coast? Yeah, so when I take a look at this game, I just can't get past my love of Cam Ward and what that team's done. And then you kind of look at UCLA's schedule and kind of the games they've battled in. You want to look back at that Utah game, and you're like, oh, yeah, 14-7. You know, they stood on their head. Did they? Because we just watched how bad Utah's offense is. So it comes down to Cam Ward. Is he going to be successful? He hasn't shown us anything but that in the 2023 campaign. I think he finds it this week. I think Wazoo, I like the line. I agree. It's It's sketchy. It's one of those plays where they're like, you're like, oh, why is this there? You're missing something, but I do think they covered. I think Vegas got it wrong this week. I think Wazoo wins on the road. That's a, that's another thing I look at is that UCLA really needs this game. Like we talked about the five or six teams that can compete for a conference title. UCLA loses this game. It kind of knocks them out with two losses. I think then you move up Washington State. You still have USC. You still have Oregon, um, even Oregon State, things like that. Reese. Give us your prediction. Who covers? Who wins? What do you think? Well, can't get mine out yet because that's going to be coming later. But big thing that I would like that you guys already mentioned, going on the road to UCLA is not really a daunting task and for a quarterback like Cam Ward. 
Don't think it's really going to phase the guy. He's got the weapons. I think that defense will be just fine. That offense is going to be able to score a lot of points. I just don't know if UCLA is going to be able to keep up with them. Except if this is a game at home for Wazoo, I think the spread is completely different too. And like I said, this is that much of a home field advantage for the Bruins. So that's my pick coming later. Yeah, I'm going to side with Washington State. I can't. When it comes down to it, I think they can't keep up. I don't, I'm just going to take the more experienced guy, unfortunately. I think Dante Moore is a higher ceiling than Cam Ward does down the line. I think Dante Moore could be a easy first-round draft pick. Like I think he's that good. Um, but, but for Saturday, give me Washington State to cover. Might as well just give me to win while we're talking. JP, final thoughts on this one. Are you taking the favorite? I'll, I'll pull a Reese this week. I'm fading the public. I'll take the Bruins at home. Okay. Okay. I, I hate it's it. Your meme here. <laughs> hate it. Hate I was, it, but I'll do it. I kind of... I hate that you hate it, because that means it's good. <laughs> I, I kind of saw the one coming from you. All right, let's move to, personally for me, my favorite game of the weekend, I think, because this is a do-or-die situation for, for Alabama. Let's go to College Station, Alabama, at A&M. There is... A lot talk riding on this game. We know that JP said last week, and I I agree with him. This is a matchup nightmare for Alabama, um, and I'll get into that in a second. But Reese, you're leading us off on this one. Give us something here. Say Max Johnson. I mean, obviously with no Wegman, Max Johnson he stepped in and he's looked very well. I mean, against Arkansas, two touchdowns, 210 yards, and 18 completions, only 10 incompletions. So he stepped in and done just fine. Um, big thing too is that offense. They've had 37 penalties and seven turnovers, so that's not a formula to win if you want to go try to beat this Alabama team, especially at home. Um, and then also that defense is stout. They only gave up 42 yards on 39 attempts against that Arkansas team, who has KJ Jefferson, uh, one of the preseason top quarterbacks in the conference. So I think that's going to be a tough thing for Alabama to figure out because if you look at uh, the stats for last week, Milrow only threw 12 mm-hmm. passes. Um, 164 yards. He ran for two touchdowns. So they're pretty set that they're only going to be able to run the ball. So I think it's going to compress that defense and maybe try to open up for some shots later in the game because we all know Milleroe can throw it deep, but he can't anything else in between. So I think it's going to be what is that defense going to be able to do against that Alabama offense where they know that's their identity and what they're going to try to do. Um, in conversation is the hard part, but I s- still think that Alabama is going to be the more ex- experienced and better team. You guys keep mentioning the, the the nightmare matchups. I'll let you guys get into that. Yeah, I, and I think you kind of nailed it on the head, Reese. It's it's that Alabama offensive line versus that defensive line and linebacking core for Texas A and M. I mean, it's going to be their toughest task this year. I think this is probably the best defensive line in the SEC. Edron Cooper is a fantastic linebacker that can get a ton of pressure. He's had multiple sacks in the last two games. And they forced KJ Jefferson under 150 yards last week. They forced Peyton Thorne to a, an abysmal, like I think it was like 60 yards two weeks ago or something like that. And what has Milrow shown? <laughs> he goes to Mississippi State last week and throws for like 160 yards. He had one be- breakout run, but that that was it for me. I think Texas A&M is just going to give this kid a lot of problems defensively. JP, I'm assuming you kind of think the same thing, but. I just want you to reiterate for it because I think we're all kind of on similar sides here. This this is going the opposite way that I thought it would with the public, right? I thought everybody would be on A&M. And I, I think the number has shown you that. But when you look at um, other things and uh, 
majority of the money in some places and you look at the sites like covers and other spots it's been on alabama right so at two and a half i mean it's not that crazy of a thought my it, it does definitely come down to how in the world do you protect Jalen milrow i mm-hmm. i truly don't know right and then if you're a and m can we run the football again can we can max johnson air it out a little bit and be consistent in the same way he has he was last week he didn't make you lose a game last week but Alabama's stout defensively. I mean, we've seen that each week. They've gotten better and better, and they're damn good. Um, so it, it's going to be a slugfest, and that's why I really don't like the matchup for Alabama. If it's this low of scoring and battling, you really, really need possessions to count. And if you can't protect the quarterback, mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to be a long night. And Milrow, they probably have stuff like, you know, in a good spot where they need to run the football with him and get him out of the pocket. I think they know that. But I, I don't like the matchup for Alabama in this case, I, especially that way. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. And I think that's what it comes down to for me is you, when you get great defenses on both sides and the possessions down the stretch are going to be so scarce. Right now, I think I'm trusting Max Johnson over Jalen Milrow when things get tight, especially at home in College Station. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Parks, give us a prediction and give us some thoughts on this. Get us rolling on who you think will win or cover. Yeah, I think there's a lot of off-field implications for Texas A&M underlying in this game that I don't think everybody's bringing up because it's probably the best matchup between these two teams because usually when they play down the line, you get... I mean, it was a great game last year, but it wasn't expected to Mm -hmm. be one. Uh, It's expected to be close this time, but there's a lot riding on this game for Jimbo Fisher, man. He should have been a coach that we mentioned when we were talking insecure or nervous. This guy should be nervous, man. If he doesn't win this game... At home against an Alabama team who's having a down year, you those spike those talks are even going to spike higher. So I, I think it's an important game. I don't see. I have not seen enough from a, uh, Alabama's offense to think that they're going to be able to get anything done against this defensive front. I think A and M edges them at home this year, and that and that is a bold take because I'm not one to pick against Alabama, but this is the year for them. Yeah, I I just think. There's so much riding on the line. I know both of these teams watched LSU last weekend and thought. Holy shit! Like this is this is ours to take now. We if we win this game. It's kind of ours for the taking. With that being said, give me the home team. I think uh, A and M just wins outright. I I think you could sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I don't trust Jalen Milrow. I'll continue to say it until he proves me wrong, and he's got a great opportunity for that this Saturday. JP, who do you got? This is another spot I probably should have just faded the public, but uh, I can't. I'll, I'll go with the Aggies, uh, but I love the under. <laughs> I was gonna say I need to, Love I it. need to find the under. I probably should. If we had an option to take that, I think I'll just take that. Forty-seven. Instead. I yeah, I like that a lot. I think this is like a seventeen to thirteen type game. A and M still wins. Reese, did you say you told us you you got this first later? Is that is that correct? No, no, no. no. I got. I had one okay. later. What do you got? I'm gonna go against all you. Give me, give me a and or not a and Give me Alabama. Sorry. So is that give three? Me, is that a Nick three to one? Thanks for thank thank you for your service, Reese. Yes, three to one. Thank you very three much, Reese. That's the best I'm news. A and M fans. Two of you guys on two of them this week. So it sounds like I'm stacking them back up. I won a three against one last week, so it doesn't mean anything. I guess Reese is like the other guys' cops. All the sex we don't want to have, but we have to. All we do it for you. Thank you, Reese, and you'll do it again and again. I am the other guy. I am the other guy. Walking so we can run. I like that. Let's move on to another big SEC matchup. Uh, This one's a top 25 matchup on both sides. 
Kentucky going to Georgia, battle of positions of probably the two top teams in the East. I think my uh, Como Tigers might have something to say about that. But for now, this is a huge game for the East implications. Georgia's definitely looking vulnerable. Kentucky's coming off one of the greatest singular performances I think I've watched in college football in quite some time. But JP, break this one down for us. We need some insight on this huge East matchup. I'll be a little quicker on this one. I think it's pretty simple. I think this one lives in the trenches. And it's run game, it's run game, it's run game. Can you run the football again if you're Kentucky? The answer is I certainly hope so. (laughs) Georgia doesn't really seem to have that big run stopper in the middle. Um, And they have given up big runs. You watched the game at Auburn last week. There's a couple times where Peyton Thorne got out of the pocket and really caused havoc on design runs and scrambling as well. Um, And I think that's where Kentucky sees the edge, right, that they can maybe take advantage of. Carson Beck down the stretch in last week's game really kind of fell into his own, though, and was making plays. Thank goodness he's got the best player in college football and Brock Bowers on his team to kind of bail him out in some situations. But you're dumb if you don't take advantage of it. So I'll give him props on that for sure. Can Carson Beck settle in through the air? Can he – is it play action? Is it a little bit drop back and make plays? Because McConkie's there, and he's a great outlet as well outside of uh, other playmakers that they have like Bowers. But it's – if you can't run the ball because Kentucky's been a good run defense, he's going to have to win you another game. And I think he can do that, but it's going to be get the ball out of his hands, get the ball to McConkie, get it to Bowers. Let's just kind of move the ball down that way uh, and take what's given to you. And I think he did a good job of that last week. He threw one or two. One or two I was like, you know, that's a, that's a young guy mistake, but I think he can get over that. I think Kentucky really matches up well here, though. Better than they have in the past. And I say that because Georgia lacks the elite run-stopping unit that we've seen. And maybe it's there. We just haven't seen it. Um, And I think Kentucky now has a ton of confidence. So I'll go without giving my prediction on this one. I I really do think that Kentucky's got a good shot to win it. I don't love it, but I do. The number's a little high for, I think, what situation. Got a good shot to win it. And they're a fourteen point dog. I might I, know who this guy's side. When I off. say that, but but when I say a good shot, I mean like it wouldn't. I wouldn't be yeah. that stunned. Like like 40, 40, 35, sure. 40. No, I, I I totally get what you're saying. Um, for me, it's just I feel like I've seen this movie with Kentucky for years and years, with, especially with this Georgia matchup. It just never goes well for them. And unfortunately, the play of Devin Leary right now doesn't give me enough confidence that they can just roll in there and just strictly rely on the run game. I just do not see that happening. Um, I would love to be proven wrong, but if if we're going to get Leary comfortable, Barry and Brown's going to have to show up and be the X factor on the outside for for Kentucky. He's just he's just got to be a name that you're going to look out for, and he's going to need at least 100 125 yards for Kentucky to try to get some points up. With that being said, since 2017. Georgia has only allowed 13 points or under to Kentucky every single year. They've never scored more than 13 points in Athens for the last three matchups. God, man, I just kind of see it happening again. I I hope not. I love this Kentucky team. I think they've got the pieces to do it, but I'm not going to doubt Georgia unless until proven otherwise. So Reese or Pierce, you guys have any thoughts on Kentucky or Georgia going into this year? Pointing fingers back and forth like the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, I think I think you, you don't want to overlook it. I think Ray Davis had a big week for them last week. Kentucky looks splendid. But we're trying to compare Florida to Georgia here. 
in the doghouse. I mean, I don't see Kentucky traveling and playing well enough on the road against a team of this caliber and a defense of this caliber. I mean, granted, they had a, a, a very big scare last week, but they came through when they needed. I think Georgia gets yep. it done at home. I think Kentucky covers, though. I think maybe a 13, 10 to 13 point victory here, but uh, I think Georgia Reese, gets it done. I have zero idea of where you would lean in this game. I'm going to be honest. You've, you've, your personality throws me in for enough loop that I don't know who you'd side with this. <laughs> the wild card, baby. Everybody's everybody's high on Kentucky after that win they had last week. Everybody's low on Georgia because they just they won against seven against uh, Auburn. Auburn. So I think it's a perfect time where everybody is going to be riding the one wave and they don't want to take the team that's down. Give me Georgia. They're the home team. Give me them to win in. Cover. I'll wait. I'll JP. I'll give you the it. last one. I'm going to take Georgia to cover here. If it's at 14, it's lingering at 14 and a half right now. Like I said, I've seen this movie too many times, and I would love to. Honestly, I would love to be proven wrong on this pick. But until then, I'm not going to second guess it. Give me Georgia to win. Georgia to cover. Jordan. I mean, you pr- you kind of told us you're thinking 40 percent chance to win. So Kentucky to cover at least. Kentucky to cover, Georgia will win under 48 and a half. Another, another underplay. Another underplay. Honestly, right. with there, we can, we're going to get into it, but there are a lot of lines that we kind of admitted before the show that we do not love. So maybe it's uh, it's a total weekend. We, we still got to have something on the game. We still got to have some fun. So we also need to get into that later with a, with a total question. But before we get into all that, last game of the weekend, man, I feel like this is like, Notre Dame, like families in a row, which I'm all here for. I, Notre Dame guy, it's it's so much fun when I think they're top there in the college football news and they have the quarterback that does that and puts a show on the field. Parks, take us through Notre Dame at Louisville for our last game of the week. Yeah, I'll be short and quick with it, but it is a bigger game than I'm going to make it out to be. Uh, Louisville obviously rolling in 5-0, and finally ranked at 25. Notre Dame coming off a big win on the road against Duke, ranked 10th. It's kind of a similar matchup to what we saw last week where Utah got whacked. Or, yeah, last week it feels longer than that. But Utah got whacked. They were ranked 10th. Oregon State's ranked 21st. So it's a very similar situation in that. But if you look at the two teams, Louisville hasn't really been tested enough. Um, They've had Indiana and NC State on their schedule. Both of those programs are having down years to when those games were probably scheduled. Um, And then you have Notre Dame, who's had all the tests in the world, on the road, at home against top 10 opponents. Uh, I'm really high on this Notre Dame team as well. I think they continue to roll on. Um, I think you got to take a, a big, hard, long look at Louisville's and, and their defense and how successful they've been. But they've also given up 20, 28 points to Boston College. They've also given up 34 points to the Georgia Tech team who just got handily beat by Bowling Green. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, on the flip side, they have they gave, they scored 13 points against NC State and they scored 21 points against uh Indiana. So they've, they've had their downsides on both sides of the ball. I don't think they've been yeah. tested enough to be prepared for this Notre Dame team who's had nothing but test. And I, I think Notre Dame rolls on the road. I think they're going to win 27-13. That's, 27 what, to that's my be only gripe loss with, with America right now in Notre outfit. Dame. Is I've been hearing that they don't play anybody, that their schedule is not good enough because they're not in a conference. They have Louisville. They have USC at home next week. And two weeks after that, they have Clemson. On the road, like, they, <laughs> yeah, like 
I don't know. I whatever. It, it's besides the and point. I don't want to get State into Duke. it too much. I think Notre Dame will win and they will cover. I agree with everything you've said, Parks. I don't think Louisville's been that tested. Jordan. Yeah, for me, it, I think it's pretty simple in this one. I I don't think Louisville can play with Notre Dame, um, especially in the trenches. And they've shown the ability to be explosive, but Notre Dame's shown the ability to slow everybody down. They've played on the offensive side of the ball, so. Um, the Irish are riding high, yeah, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm kind of the over. I'm over the Louisville, so I'll take them to cover and win. Reese, last one. What do we got? Reese has just got his his picks in our pockets. Like he's like my pick. Everybody just later, stay, stay tuned. You're gonna want to listen to the entire episode. He Reese, you were the reason why you get everybody <laughs> to listen to the full episodes for us. Everybody just they're paying for extra to listen to Reese. All right, you're that being said, the let's end, roll people. into don't our under ra- under the radar games of the week. Honestly, yeah, you could keep a lot of these under the radar. I'm gonna be honest after some of these big games, but we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, I'll go first because I didn't put it in the notes, and I don't think anybody stole it. No, I did put it in the notes, anyways. It's the only other top twenty-five matchup I have: LSU traveling to Missouri. Now, should LSU be ranked? That's another topic for another day. I think Missouri's receivers could have an absolute field day on this LSU secondary. This Missouri receiving core is fantastic and this is a perfect opportunity for them to go six and zero for the first time in a decade i love this game i think it's an awesome opportunity for the tigers so that's my under the radar game of the week jordan you could put this in our g5 almost yeah almost. I'm, I'm gonna go with marshall at nc state um i think this one is an unbeaten marshall team that's been challenged and played in tough games and now nc state's Breaking in a new quarterback for the yeah, year. So they, they already six and a half. Yeah, they at yeah, home. They, they fell short last week. The uh, offense this one looks could get in trouble. Dicey, man. Like this one like could said, get They're going through the quarterback change. Marshall's a legit team uh, in the Sun Belt, so that's definitely you got to keep your eye on that one. <laughs> Reese, I just looking at this now. I please tell me why this is under the radar. Can I ask? I think this could hide under the rock in Tempe. I, I don't think I care to hear about this one, but in light, in light. What do you mean? Why do you think it isn't? The big, re- the big reason I like it is because, I mean, obviously everybody's on Colorado all the time, but like this is, they have this game and they have Stanford next week. These are two very winnable games because we didn't know what the hell they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They already got three wins. If they can find a way to win these next two, they got to find a way to steal one at the end of the year against somebody and they can get them in, they can get, that can get them into a bowl game. Like, uh, thing that we didn't think this team was going to be capable of at all. It's a great week to start back after having a couple setbacks against two of the top teams in the country. Not just your conference, but in the country. This is a game you can go in, and if you can get the right foot, next thought, week you can go in another one against the team at the bottom of your conference. The, and they can't they make the playoff? At the end, this team's, in a, this team's in a bowl at the end of the year, doing a lot of doing things that a lot of us didn't think they could do. <laughs> no, Shadows, you're too Believe lost. it or not, you're too lost. Yeah, playoff yeah, team. The media would tell you otherwise. That's it for the episode. Great two team can make it. Maybe they Parks, can. Uh, I I love this pick. So why don't you tell everybody about it? I think TCU and Iowa State's going to be a good football game. I don't think it's going to have any implications to anybody winning anything at the end of the year. I just think it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, TCU found themselves in one last week with West Virginia, but I think with both with weapons on both sides and kind of how the defensive has played, granted, if, Iowa State's coming if off you have, points if you have against Fox an elite Sports football too, team, but I think this could be a good football game. I think it's worth putting on that third TV <laughs> and and watching the clones and like horn ESPN frogs go at it. The Ocho? What the hell is what the hell is Fox Sports two? <laughs> FS two, it's a thing. Yeah. 
I can't explain to you really what is going on. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can. There's not good players on the field, but there's a lot of different things that go into that. Um, and for me, I'm excited to watch it because I really haven't seen TCU this year. This is going to be my first look at TCU, the reigning national runner-up. So um, I don't really know what to expect with this game going to that. So moving off of that, our last under-the-radar G5 game of the week. No, we had to, we 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 had to save it, and and I really, Jordan, I want to give this one to you, man. You you are this would have been my scout. under radar this is, general this is, game. This is your stuff. If it so wasn't, a tell segment. us why we need to be watching this because these are two teams that could win the Mountain West, uh, plain and simple. Uh, and it's in Laramie, where it just makes it tougher for Fresno State. If this game was in Fresno, I think I wouldn't blink as much at it. Um, but Fresno State, two Power Five wins, they've looked good each week. They're rolling into Laramie now, where who also, you know, the Cowboys have a power five win and got in a dogfight with Texas in their only loss of the year. They have their quarterback back. This is going to be a really good football game. And the line sits at five and a half. It tells you it's going to be close. Fresno State's just vying for that New Year's six spot for the G5. And why can't they do it? They've got the resume to do it. So, yeah. um, Tune in. Yeah, this that's a, any that's game a great point fun to for watch you to mention because too. Because I think people really need good to start for small school. This team, this is a team that very well could take good. the G five so spot in the New Year's Six Bowl. But when I look at it, two sides of the ball or two guys to really watch. Wyoming's running back in Harrison Whaley. He's been rushing for 150 yards a game. He's an absolute stud. And then Mikey Keene is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in college football. He's kind of like your Michael Pratt this year. If I had to like draw a comparison to last year to kind of get people to realize how good he really is. He's thrown for almost 300 yards a game. He's got 14 touchdowns. He's he's a stud, and I guarantee he'll be a college football household name by the end of the year. So that's a great pick, JP. Uh, if I decide, I don't know who I would decide on that one. I think it's – you can't go into Laramie, man. You just can't. <laughs> Going off of that, if I had to pick a dog, let's move into the dog's dog. Dogs, win, man. dogs were, uh, I like to say dogs were barking, but dogs were definitely sleeping last week. Dogs, <laughs> dogs were dead. Dogs were roadkill. Uh, the boys went 0-4 last week. They were dead. Um, couple of, they dog couple out, of, man. they were should have gone our way. Parks had Duke. Uh, Arkansas wasn't, I mean, they had a chance to cover, but uh, they didn't deserve that. And who, wait. Who'd you have last week, uh, JP? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh! That's like Reese giving that thumbs down picture. If you haven't seen it on his Twitter, that's he was putting I, that thumbs down to you for taking that pick. I forced it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything. You can move on. The the dome was not shaking <laughs> for. That was a- that was a great fifty-five minutes of that game. game to go to. By the right, way, oh Reese, my god, that sucks. Everybody's been waiting for your picks. I mean, mm-hmm. they're basically telling me to shut up at this point. Just Don't they're ready for the pick, man. Get us get us started with the dogs. I'm gonna be the bearer of bad news. Uh, more, baby. I'm gonna go with mine. I'm gonna go Purdue <laughs> plus the two and a half, rolling into Iowa City. Before you know, hey. Th- Jordan, you should be thanking me because now that I took it, that <laughs> I was going to win by 20. So you can thank me later. But that's my point. If I had to really get into this, Purdue is always a matchup problem for Iowa. JP knows this more than anybody. And Tyrone Tracy, I was back after a 100-yard uh, game last mm-hmm. week. Maybe a little revenge spot. You know they're going to ask Hudson Card to throw it 35 to 40 times. 
Kim threw it for like 45 times last week and still only had 175 yards. So that might mean nothing, but I do think Purdue always has better weapons than Michigan state does. Iowa didn't score a single offensive touchdown in the second half. Fine. Go out there and return six punts and have three pick sixes and just crush my dog. That's, that's fine. If that happens, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll eat it, but I'm going to, I'm going to live. I'm going to live with that. So that's my dog's dog parks. Who do you got? Uh, <laughs> Big Ten West. Yeah, this one is very out of character for me. Uh, I'm going to try and flip the script. Yeah, no, I'm going to take the uh, ugly Big Big Ten West. I'm going to go Friday night. I'm going to take Nebraska on the road at Illinois plus the three and a half. I don't think... I've seen enough consistency from anybody in the Big Ten West, and I haven't seen anything that would shy me away from this pick from Henrik Harburg in Nebraska. I, I think Michigan's Michigan, and both I think Illinois would have had the same thing happen to him that Nebraska did last week. So I think it's a pretty even matchup. Terrible pick on my part. Um, I, I don't think Champaign is going what, to be rocking by any means. I think they all checked out the after they realized they're not as good I, as they couldn't seem could to be. be. Uh, Jordan, before um, we get to your dog's dog, I kind of I didn't yeah, even Illinois let you just not good. speak. I feel like you got to at least defend Iowa a little bit, or like, am I completely crazy, or is it <laughs> what anything? <laughs> if there was anybody if there was any other team <laughs> I mean they love beating us that's all they do outside of last year like, that's literally what it comes down to it's two and a half for a reason and then people are betting it down for a reason because we have no idea what's going to show up like we early depth chart doesn't have top two running backs on it still uh, yep. Deacon Hill's Right, the guy can sling it. He hasn't been super accurate. It's you know, it's a bad defense. Purdue's a bad defense, that, but it hasn't mattered if the defense is bad. So, uh, just muck it up. That's my. That was my. That was my thing, and I and I missed that me, point too. JP was just the I, the weapons, like or like the guys well. they rely on. At least they're so all out. They're literally all out. So, 39. I don't know where you get any offensive production from. But let's switch to a lighter side of things. Let's let's talk about a little G five. Talk about your dog. Let's get things rolling on the happier side of things. Marshall, plus a six and a half. Again, don't love it. I didn't love a lot of the underdogs this week, which usually means a shit ton of them are going to hit. Um, uh, but I Marshall, good defense, by the way. I don't know if you guys have seen this the statistics for this defense, but it's pretty damn good. Um, they are going to – I think they could have a real feast in the backfield with Morris. I think they could really muck it up and get into the uh, backfield and really cause him to have a heck of a day. Mm. And Marshall just don't turn it over, run the football the way you do consistently play. Um, yep. Really smart. Take football. care of the football. Get, when you're a G5 yourself. team like, going go on the road it. like that, you have nothing to lose, um, everything like to gain. Short, so take a couple chances. Take some chances. This is a spot where mistakes. you could get it. And, and then we might talk about you as one of the top G5 teams in the country. Let's move into the last section. Let's hope our dogs also. Let's hope somebody covers, by the way, this week. Into the last section, we have our favorite lines. And then I have a question for the crowd before we move on. Favorite lines going into this weekend. JP, keep us rolling. Who do you got? Michigan. Minus a 19 and a half. They're going to slaughter them. If it's anything like last week, and I, I've seen this, this Minnesota team how they stack against Nebraska, 
is Minnesota this, should this is Nebraska in Minneapolis. They right? might they're, they're win by on 50. the road again this week. Like if, if they start feeling yeah, something, yeah, I don't watch out. It doesn't. I'll take. Michigan. Yeah, no, I I wasn't meaning it like that. It was more seeming like the travel and the wear and tear on their bodies. But like yeah. the physicality of this team is unmatched yeah, by really anybody in the country. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. I could see them steamrolling this team. <laughs> Parks, you kind of hinted at it before uh, earlier in the episode. Uh, talk about your team that you might you're you're gonna die on this sword. Like you, this is this 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 is a team that you keep going to bat for. Yeah, give me Kansas minus the two at home against UCF. I think UCF's coming off of a probably the couple of the most debilitating moral morale losses that you can ask for. I mean, they they've blown leads, um, they've flat out looked bad, but they give up a shitload of yards. And they put up a shitload of yards. Like on paper, this game's pretty even. That's why the line is where it is. Um, they both don't defend the pass very well. But I think I'm comfortable enough with Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels to where I think Kansas is going to find success at home. Yep. I don't think UCF or any of the four new additions of the Big 12 are going to be um, competitive. I think they're all going to be floating <laughs> if there's around one that thing five, I can four, agree with you five, on, six uh, win Kansas. seasons. And give no, me KU at home. I think are, that they, they handle business this I, I'm week and bounce back after the Texas I'm taking loss. Kansas over all of them. So great, great pick. I do agree with you there. I'll go over through mine quickly because I already kind of touched on it. Missouri plus the six and a half. I don't no, know if we've thrown an underdog in the favorite lines because we usually we just save for a dog's dog. But this is a favorite bet for me. I think that, like I said, these receivers will have an absolute field day. You can get a backdoor cover if Jaden Daniels is still playing well, or maybe you get off to a fast start and LSU's playing catch-up. I love this game. I love this spot in Como. Give me the Tigers, plus six and a half. Reese, take us away with God's team. Notre Dame, minus six and a half against Louisville. Give me that all day. You guys touched touch on it before. Louisville has not seen a defense like this Notre Dame defense has. Uh, Notre it. Dame has seen it. I some think pretty solid I love all those I plays. I can see scare them at all. A, a four and They're going to win this game handily. That was kind of the, road, no problem. the recap me, of the week the that Irish. was, the preview into a pretty decent week five. We definitely have some top games of the year that we definitely need to keep our eye out for. But before we go out, I promised a question for a listener. It. We need some thoughts. Had a friend reach out, friend of the program, friend of Morningside, Jory Op asked, a guy who's also going to the Red River rivalry, so I figured we ought we ought we ought to help him out here. He said a group of friends of him are going to the game and they're not sure what to pick as far as a betting line. They're Red all I think from what he told me, his buddies are like half Texas, half Oklahoma, house divided type of thing. They obviously they want something to mutually cheer for, but they they know the obvious answer is the over. But they were kind of wondering if, if there's anything else that would be fun that you would suggest to play uh, that both teams can kind of root for. Does anybody have one besides the over? I I don't. I'm not sure how many how many fans. It's just there. Are, it's a group of friends that are mixed between Texas. Wait and Oklahoma. a second. There, it's a split household. Two Texas fans, two Oklahoma fans going to the game. I don't know the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say if it if it's if it's mixed and it's even numbers, both take your team and battle it out, both money wise and fan wise. I mean, just he said the just over go after for the his game. Line, I would just not suggest everything that. You can at I would I mean, suggest it's a either a first quarter or a first half. If you have both fans, just be in the game. 
through when the you're line. Just take for things team. to get sketchy in the second half when maybe a game's tight, or you're already, you're, or your team's already getting piss pounded, and the other team isn't reaching that over. Now you're just pissed at everyone even more. Root for points to start off right away on both sides. Root for something fun. Maybe Texas Texas can get out. If you're an Oklahoma fan, Texas can get out and score seven or ten points right away, and you won't be that pissed because you're like, all right, my overhit for the first quarter, that was fun. Let's roll into this. Let's get back into this game and have some fun. JP, is there anything that you would play? You seem like kind of like you don't you don't seem like you'd be on this. You're kind of a fun hater and in, in having rivalries come together. <laughs> I I would be I'd be livid if I had to do this. Um, but that's maybe, the thing. You, <laughs> maybe what you do is yeah, team but total you guys have over. to like you meet, it has to be a mutual thing. Total like over. you got like you can't root for you can't pick you know, a spread. Like, you can't we pick look a, like shit. Got to, beat by you 15, have to do but... together. Oh no! <laughs> it has to be together. <laughs> okay, together. Is there is there like a uh, is there an JP? That's the thing. You could have this in JP, NFL games and be more fun. Shit, player props. Together, we would. I don't think in college you can really do as many player yeah. props, or if at all. <laughs> but maybe like rooting for a, a field goal over, rooting for like some field goals, like three three over. Yeah, <laughs> find it. <laughs> Good pick. Yes, I I actually do like that. You take the coin toss. You might get find yourself a, into find some a legal book trouble. Deep in enough, book find a coin, coin toss. toss. No, that's it. That's the one. The coin toss. <laughs> you gotta, how deep does that book go? You can bet on Russian ping pong all you want. There's a there's a website yeah, out there. Ovada's got to have a coin toss on. It's got to be minus one ten. <laughs> just split odds. Just scream before the game even. They can start. bet each other though. They can bet each yeah, other. Okay, if like if there's two two, like just bet, bet each end. other. I, it's yeah. Or, here's here's the situation. It's something on the line. I hate you know? to tell you, like somebody, whoever the if losing team going to take the ACT that are rooting for Texas. You might just need new friends. I don't. I don't know what to tell. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I could. It couldn't be me. You're a better man than us for going to the game with these guys. Good for you. I'm actually jealous. I'm sure all these dudes are jealous. You're going to one of the yeah. best college football <laughs> rivalries of all time. So that's going to be sweet. Appreciate the question. If you guys ever have any other questions, I, I kind of like finishing out an episode with a question. So. Let us know on Twitter. Reach out to us, uh, DM, Instagram, TikTok. Follow us on Instagram at It's Just Money Pod. Follow us on TikTok. Help me. Help us. What? Whoa! 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 If you if you it's were a, new to this, play the fight you, song. It's just money. Know about it. It's just it's money. You we you got another story. Damn, that day. hurts. Follow us on that Instagram, is, YouTube, hard, TikTok baby. at. Play there the fight song pod. We are, help us get to TikTok 1,000 followers. Oh, oh, oh. We want to do some live stuff. We want to have some fun with that. So help us get yeah. to that. Subscribe and like to us on YouTube. We want to throw up full episodes. Cam's throwing up some nice shorts. Uh, yeah, YouTube's kind of the way to go if we want to be a legit pod. So help us out there. Reach out to us with any active weekly questions. That's all I got for us. We will be back with you next week. I believe we'll probably just hit you up with one episode. Cam and JP have big boy jobs, and they will be without us. So me and Reese are going to go Jordan Pippen, Kobe Shaq on this thing. We're gonna we're gonna attack. We're gonna attack week five, week six, and we're gonna get after it. Everybody have a great Saturday. I hope all your teams win. Unless you're a TCU fan, unless you're an Illinois fan, we're gonna hold it down, baby. Have a great weekend. And uh, one more thing. Hey, Jake, keep up, need